We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is an interesting one. This one comes from Big Duck. Uh, Texas site says Jordan Anderson reached out about a visit. Any word on this? Um, yeah, so as far as what I know, Texas is continuing to recruit Jordan Anderson very hard. Um, he is pretty much the top wide receiver in California. He's certainly up there with with the Xavier Jordans of the world. He's committed to USC to play in Sierra Canyon this year. Um, I, I don't know how much interest that Jordan Anderson has in the Texas Longhorns. Uh, maybe I'll make it out to Newport Harbor next, uh, next week and, um, and, and get an interview with him. But as of right now, I don't think there's any reason to think that Jordan Anderson is shaky on his commitment. Um, I don't think there's any reason for that. Um, I can't confirm or deny this necessarily about reaching out about a visit. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't think anytime a commit takes a visit, it's, it's gonna, it's going to raise some eyebrows. It's going to ruffle some feathers. Um, but Oregon doesn't have, you know, that, that Clemson, that Oklahoma policy about taking visits as a commit. Um, I think just my personal two cents, I think recruits should take visits as long as they can to not only enjoy the process because it's one they worked incredibly hard for, but also one to just see the country and, and get to enjoy seeing what these other schools have to offer. Um, but he was one of the earlier guys to commit in their class. So if this happens to be true, um, it just goes to show you why you have to continue to recruit guys, even if they're committed, treat them as if they are uncommitted and continue to show them that they're a priority, which, which I bet Oregon's doing here, but this was definitely a development that kind of caught my eye. So that's all I really have on that one. Okay. Maybe one more question here and we'll see what, um, See what else. Oh, this is this is kind of an easy one, but a fun one to hit. Uh, Joel Hercher, I hope I'm saying it right. Joel asks, for those of us who are able to get the Pac-12 network, every football game is televised. What will change when we switch over to the Big Ten media deal? Um, yeah, I don't know any specifics on this, but I would be absolutely shocked if it doesn't make the games even more accessible. Uh, or ju- I should just say more accessible because the Pac-12 is Pac-12 network has not been easy for everybody to access. So I think when Oregon moves to that Big Ten media deal, you're going to be working with Fox, which is a lot more widely distributed, Fox Sports. Um, so it's going to be easier, if anything, um, to to watch Oregon football and to to watch the Ducks in uh, in the Big Twelve, the Big Ten. 
So I think that one's pretty cut and dry. I mean, I'm sure there's some more specifics that I could get into, but uh, without knowing those specifics, I think that I'm pretty confident in saying it's just going to be easier to watch Oregon football uh, once they move to the Big Ten network. Or to the, to the Big Ten. Okay. What else do we have here? Um, all right. This one comes from Travis. Travis asks, I know that early signing day is a few months away, but how are you feeling about how many of the 22 verbal commits do you think will sign early? Yeah, I think that Oregon's obviously done a great job to get the class to where it is now, having 22 verbal commitments in the fold. Um, I think that a majority of them will end up signing early. That's just kind of where we're at when it comes to college football recruiting. That's certainly the approach that Dan Laney and the Ducks like to take. Um, I think they only didn't sign like, or I think most of them signed early. It was a question of enrolling. Um, I feel like because they put in a lot of really good early work, um, I think that they're a majority of this class. I'd probably say, I mean, I'm just even thinking back to last year. I think almost everybody signed early. So I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen now, but I would think a majority of them probably, I'd say upwards of 15 of the 22 are going to sign early is what I would think. That's something I'm going to have to you know, start asking guys in interviews and whatnot. Um, so yeah, still four months away, give or take. Um, from early signing day, but I'm feeling pretty confident that a majority of these guys are going to sign early. That's just the way that Dan Lanning has operated. And I know that's what Oregon wants to do, get those guys signed and wrap up their recruitments. That was one that was interesting with Jurion Dickey last year, because I talked to him um, when there were all these rumors of, you know, other schools involved, other visits. And he was telling me that he wanted to take uh, other visits, take all five of his officials. And, um, that was an early, an interesting development because fast forward to the early signing period and Oregon gets him to sign early, uh, shuts down his recruitment and doesn't take any of those other official visits. So you never know what can happen, but I think it's absolutely a priority for this Oregon coaching staff to get as many guys signed early as possible. And if, uh, if history repeats itself and if last cycle is any indication, that'll probably be, probably be the case this time around. All right, let's get to some of these questions here in the live chat. All right. Andrew's quite well. We got Bud here. Bud says go Ducks. Fellow uh fellow Bay Area native. So I have to give him a shout out. Thanks for tuning in, Bud. Andrew has a couple questions here. He's always always throwing the questions my way. Greatly appreciate it. Andrew says, even though the Ducks missed out on Taumua, Preston Taumua, Hawaii offensive lineman, if there's any way they can secure Eddie Pierre-Lewis and Brandon Baker, that's an all-world haul between them and Crater and McCroy. Yeah, I think that Eddie Pierre-Lewis and Brandon Baker are two of the priority targets for Elite Terry and Mike Cavanaugh, Cutter Leftwich here on the offensive line in 2024. Um, both McCroy and Crater play tackle, so Pierre-Lewis being an interior guy, Baker being a tackle – uh, on the outside, I think that kind of uh, creates this interesting picture at offensive line. You know, where do you where do you make your priority? I think Baker's obviously a priority because he has family ties. His brother played at Oregon, but he's also a West Coast kid. So those are those guys that you always have to um, always have to 
prioritize in any given cycle. And then you have Eddie Pierre-Lewis, who's at Tampa Catholic in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Elite Terry is from the state of Florida, so I think that's part of the reason you're seeing the Ducks stay involved here as long as they have. Um, I think two schools that are generating a lot of buzz in that recruitment for Eddie Pierre-Lewis is uh, our Oregon and Oklahoma. So that's definitely a big recruiting power that Oregon's going to have to go against if they want to ultimately sign uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis. Um, so word is he's going to come out for an official visit in the fall, and that would obviously be huge. And then you also have to talk about Jordan Seaton. Where does he kind of fall in this? I mean, Oregon has not had a very good track record recruiting IMG Academy guys. I mean, that's that's one of the very best schools in the country. But if you're recruiting those guys, that means you're going to go up against the likes of Georgia, go up against the likes of Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, Miami every year. So you got to throw your hat in the ring and do what you can, but I would not get my hopes up for Jordan Seaton right now or just any guy that comes out of IMG Academy, David Stoney. Uh, who's a defensive lineman from Oklahoma that transferred to IMG Academy. That's another guy that Oregon's recruited out of there. Just uh, just a little bit of a, a long shot, to be quite frank. So I'm not sure. We'll have to see what they do and what they're ultimately able to do in that 24 class along the old line. But I think that you definitely have Baker and Eddie Pierre-Louis there at the top of your offensive line board because right now the biggest need isn't necessarily tackle, even though that's where Baker plays. I think you have a little bit more of a need along the interior if you're just looking at a number standpoint. All right, let's see what we got here. Another one from Andrew. Uh, and honestly, just one elite edge a cycle can build a phenomenal defense. And if you tell me you could pair Mateo Yu and Aiden Breland for uh, two to three seasons, that's enough to terrify opposing offensive lines. Yeah, if Oregon can get Aiden Breland and Mateo on the same defensive line, that would be just crazy. Um, Aiden Breland, 6'5", 6'6", 290 pounds. I mean, he he just has all of that, all of those physical gifts to, to be ready to play college ball right now. What I'm going to be interested in is to see what kind of production he can put together, and that gets started tonight against Corona Centennial. So we'll have to see, but those would definitely be uh, some really, really big names you could have on that defensive line. Think of also about Ashton Porter, Terrence Green, who's like 6'6", 315, I uh, had Eric Scopel on the podcast yesterday to, to get some fall camp updates. Listen to that one. Give that one a view if you haven't already. It's on my YouTube channel. A little two-parter talking offense and defense. But he said that Terrence Green fills out that frame very nicely. Carries carries the, I should say he carries six foot six, 315 pounds very well. He didn't say fills it out. Sounds kind of weird. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what he had to say about Terrence Green. Uh, and yeah, let's see what some of those young pups can do. Uh, Amari Washington, Mikel Gardner, uh, definitely want to get some of those guys in the two deep, get them some reps this year because the ducks are going to lose a lot of talent along that defensive line after this year. Bud's question, Max, what do you expect the ducks win loss record to be this season? Only 15 days until the first game. Yeah, this is uh this is a fun one. I feel like I don't want to show my hand too much because I was thinking about doing a game-by-game -game prediction podcast, but give me one sec just to pull up the schedule here and kind of count through the games. All right, so 12 games in the in the regular season and um you know Pac 12 championship game if they can make it. Um I think that 
just looking through it, I think you see wins against Portland State and Hawaii um, and Colorado and Stanford. So that's four wins already. Um, I think they can beat Washington State. That's five wins. California, that's six wins. Arizona State, seven. Oregon State, eight. Utah, I think Utah is going to be tough on the road, but I think they can do it. If they can win both of Washington and Utah, that would be amazing. Um, I think I'm probably going to say 10-2 and two or 11-2 and two, um, to see if they can get back to the Pac-12 championship game. I mean, I'll do a much more in-depth but I think that the expectation has to be at least 10 wins. Um, and I say that knowingly that knowing that they're going to probably have to have some tough games, break their way. But I think with the talent that they have with Dan Lanning, with the coaching staff they have um, and the schedule kind of shaping out the way it does, it's not easy, but you've got to have, I think at least 10 wins. That's, that's definitely where you want to be for where Oregon's at right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here's a, another one from Andrew. Here's a fun hypothetical. If MVB and his high school teammate beat Dalen, uh, Dylan Rayola and his team this weekend, does that give does does that give Michael Van Buren a boost in their rankings? Because I actually think Michael Van Buren's team is higher ranked. Yeah, Van Buren's team is higher ranked. You have number six, St. Francis, versus number 10, Buford. Um I don't think it really gives Van Buren a boost in the rankings. I think it obviously makes him look like a better player. Um, not not Van Rayola, but it makes him look like a better player if he's able to to win on these big stages. Um, so I don't think it'll give him a boost in the rankings necessarily for him personally, um, but that would certainly be a great look for the Ducks, seeing that uh, you have these guys that are committed to you playing on the national scene against some of the best programs in the country. So that'd be great to see, but I don't think that it's necessarily uh, how it works. 
Let's see. Up the Sco says, heard on the Ducks Dish podcast that Breland is a huge NIL lean and that Brandon Baker was leaning towards Texas now. Uh, I don't remember saying that, um, but we can just, yeah, we talked a lot about Breland. I mean, it's looking like it's Oregon, Georgia. I'm going to try to get some more specifics tonight. And then, uh, yeah, Texas is definitely a threat for Brandon Baker. I think that's a school that can compete with anybody in the country from a recruiting standpoint. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian is, has a lot of guys excited about uh, Texas and that offense. But I wouldn't say that he's a lean right now. I think he's still looking uh, very good for Oregon. But I haven't talked to him in a little bit, so we have to see uh, see what um, what they have out there. All right. Uh, NE says, I want to see some orange added to the uniform again in some fashion. Uh, you're probably thinking back to the 2016 game against Colorado when the Ducks had the literal duck colors and like uniform from head to toe. Um, the white helmets, the green jerseys, and the orange socks and orange cleats. I think they had some orange in their cleats too. Um, I mean, I, I'd be down to see that again. It's it's not a priority for me, uh, but that would have been a cool little uh, – cool little creativity and, and to see what they can do there. So we'll see if they end up doing that again. Uh, I'd be down to see it in a little bit of a subtle way, but that would be fun for sure. All right. Question from Jacob. Thanks for the question. Jacob, Jacob asks, who would you be more surprised if they played great? Are linebackers or secondary? Um, that one's interesting. I think that one's super interesting because both of those groups have a lot of question marks. Um, I think right now, I think right now I'd probably say secondary. Um, I'd be more surprised if Oregon secondary played great just because you have to get a lot of guys on the same page there. And there's a lot of unknowns there in the secondary. Um, and I don't think that, um, I don't think that it's looking unlikely, but I just, I'm looking for a lot of guys to take the next step in their development. You're looking at a lot, a lot of guys who have played a lot of football at Oregon. So you wonder if they might lose their spots to some of these transfers. And even if they do and the transfers do well, like that's, that's an interesting storyline in itself. Um, I think that with, with the direction that the defense going is going, the the secondary and the linebackers have both you know had a lot of questions and you know there's been a lot of speculation about where they're at and man this one's tough this is a good question um i i think i was talking to somebody the other day that was just kind of telling me that they didn't think that dan had the kind of guys he needed uh at either position you know like noah not really being a good fit for his prototypical linebacker you know, playing at like 6'2", 250. So I think the secondary is a probably the position group on defense I'm going to have the most interest in this upcoming season because they just got shredded in the, in the passing game. But that also points to a lack of a pass rush, so those have to work in tandem. But I, I think I wouldn't be that surprised if Oregon's linebackers were pretty good because Jeff Bossa's bulked up. Justin Jacobs comes from a great defense at Iowa. Uh, I think that his his ceiling is pretty high. And then you also have Jamal Hill, who has looked great at linebacker coming down from safety and seems like a much better fit there. Um, and then Connor Soley comes over from Arizona State. I think he's going to be a, a guy that's fun to watch. Devin Jackson as well. Um, so I think that you have 
some some really solid depth at both of those spots, but it, it might be a little bit unproven. We just got to see a lot of these guys play uh, in, in a duck uniform. Mark with a cool question. Mark asks, any dark horse player uh, for most improved for the 2023 season? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Well, good, good question, Mark. Appreciate it. You're always around here listening, tuning in. Um, glad to have you along. Um, dark horse for most improved from last year. Um, I'm trying to think for a little bit just on, on my feet. Um, so this would probably have to be somebody who isn't already, you know, a stud or someone who maybe didn't have, uh, an awesome season last year. That's trying to, trying to pick it up a little bit. I kind of want to say Jeff Bossa, um, I was talking with Eric on the the show yesterday and, you know, he was talking about how he referenced his poor PFF grade quite a bit uh, last year. I feel like there were a lot of times when I was watching Oregon last year and and Jeff Bossa was getting run over. So you would think with his, uh, you know, his uh, more bulked up frame that that would probably be a little bit less likely to happen now. Um, So I don't really know if that's a dark horse but I think that he is someone that I would definitely have my eyes on for, for most improved that comfort in the, the system in his second year, his instincts, hopefully coming along a, a little bit more. Um, here's a dark horse. I think, how about we talk about Keon where Hudson? I think Keon where Hudson is a, a player that doesn't get mentioned maybe as much as he should uh, in the grand scheme of things with this defense. And I think you could see why, because there's just so many, talented guys on the defensive line, but this is a guy 6'2", 300 pounds, junior, played at modern day, and I think just has been looking for his breakout opportunity at Oregon, and he's shown some flashes, but I think he could be in line for a big season. He's someone who we don't really hear talked about too much, but but Keon Ware Hudson has has been pretty solid during his years at Oregon and has uh, had a solid spot carved out in that too deep, so I think that he could be a great candidate for an under the radar um, most improved from um, 2022 to 2023. I would also maybe want to say Jordan James, but he's kind of getting some buzz and a little bit of hype in fall camp. So that one doesn't necessarily seem as under the radar, but I think those are some of the guys that that I'm going to say um, for, for this year. Um, could say Josh Connerly, but he was already pretty solid and he's getting a lot of hype this year. So I don't really know. Great question though, Mark. Uh, Kylie Hudson, weak sauce, Max, that prediction, thumbs down. Ducks are going 15 and 0. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see that. That'd be pretty fun. That'd be a lot of fun to cover and uh, would probably mean that they win the national championship and go back to the playoffs. So it would give me a lot more games to go to. Uh, so, so we'll have to see what ultimately happens there, but Nothing wrong with having a, an optimistic prediction. Uh, would love to see the Ducks go 15-0. and 0. Uh, All right, Sko Ducky has a question here. Uh, you think we have the chance to have another wild, nas- wild early national signing day, or will that be entirely up to how the season goes? Yeah, this is an interesting one because I think sometimes people – I don't want to say casuals. I don't, Josh, Josh Pate talks a lot about casual football fans – casual college football fans on his show, the late kick. You guys got to check it out. If you haven't, it's an awesome show. He does a great job. Got to meet Josh at the elite 11. Cool guy. But I guess I, I, I digress. I think 
some college football fans and some people who follow recruiting tend to put too much weight into how much a recruit factors in uh, the on-field play of any given season. Um, so I, I think if Oregon does have a wild early national signing day, I think it probably means that they're in the flip conversation for uh, for some of these other guys. I mean, that that was probably the craziest national signing day that I've covered in my five years on the Oregon football recruiting beat. Um, you know, Mateo committing to Oregon was was insane. Peyton Bowen flipping from Oklahoma. Um, Jaden Lamar fr- flipping from Notre Dame. I think I saw that one coming a lot, a lot better, a lot more clearly than some of these other ones. Dalen Austin flipping from LSU. I thought that was only a matter of time, but I didn't know it was going to happen on National Signing Day. So that one was crazy. So I think if Oregon's having a wild early National Signing Day, it's probably more than likely uh, or more likely than not in a, a, a good way. So we'll, we'll ultimately see what they're able to do. Um, I think it also depends what what other guys they're in contention for here in the 2024 class as they look to flush out a couple of these positions like wide receiver, like defensive line, offensive line, because um, the safety is looking good. Um, safety is looking good with Aaron Flowers and Kingston Lopa. Corners looking good with Dakota Fields and Ifeo Badegwu. Quarterback's good. Um, still trying to, you know, tight end looks good and then still trying to figure out a couple other spots. So I feel like it depends what they're able to do in the rest of this class as, uh, as things kind of continue to develop here on the recruiting trail. But, uh, I, I think I might start to wind it down here in just a few. So if you guys have any last minute questions, go ahead and throw them my way, uh, in the live chat, I'm going to have to get to work chopping this one up for the podcast, um, feed. And then um, ultimately getting ready to uh, hit the road here to go out to Corona. It's going to be quite a bit, um, quite a bit of traffic, I would think, heading out there. Um, just a little update while we're still on uh, on the air. Steve Voltfong tweeted about 20 minutes ago: Blue Chip Buzz, Ohio State, Texas, and Nebraska among the programs in the thick of it for elite offensive tackle. Uh, it's a picture of Brandon Baker, South Carolina, and Ole Miss also working close to an ex- oh oh this is a different one. South Carolina and Ole Miss working to close on extremely an extremely coveted target. So I don't think they're involved, but just just confirming that you know you have Ohio State, Texas, and Nebraska buzz out there uh, for Brandon Baker. But doesn't doesn't really look like we have any more questions for right now. So I think I'm going to go ahead and wind it down. Um, if you guys tuned in on the live stream, greatly appreciate your guys' support. Do me a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, notification bell, you know the rules, and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, family, and other Duck fans. If you haven't already, very important to lock in with me on social media. I am at mtouristsports on Twitter and Instagram. I'll probably be posting some photos and videos from my coverage of the modern day game tonight. So if you want more Brandon Baker coverage, if you want more Aiden Breland coverage, that's where you guys can find it over on Instagram. I'm trying to get that going. And then also follow the Ducks Digest Instagram. We are closing in on a thousand followers and I'm going to be ramping that up. So lots of good stuff. Uh, And then also check out ducksdigest.com as always. But Uh, We'll be back on the podcasting platforms probably on Monday, but until next time, thank you so much time. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk some ball with me, to talk some Oregon Cruton. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.